Hello, hello. Welcome to this episode of Connected in Christ. I'm one of your hosts, Bridgette Heller, and I have with me the fabulous Miss Elizabeth Baker. Hello. Coach Drew. Hey, everybody. Giselle Taylor. Hello. And Tanya Bentley Ward. Hello. And yes, you heard me say Coach Drew. That is a thing. So Coach Drew is the newest member of Connected in Christ. We are so, so very excited to have him today and for season two on Connected in Christ. He is a man among men. He is an amazing human. And I cannot wait for this audience to get to know him because I told someone, Coach Drew, just so you know, I told someone, I was like, he has helped heal something in me connected to men. Like I have a lot of struggle with men in my past and the way you approach God and because you're so connected to God in this deep, real relationship way, you show up to life differently. And your example has really been a blessing to me. Man, I'm getting emotional right out the gate here. Thank you. So I don't, I haven't said that to you in person, but thank you. It has been such a gift. And so I know the audience listening is going to be immensely blessed by you being here. And I cannot wait for them to have that in their life, have you in their life. So thank you. Thank you. Okay. And with that, since I'm crying out the gate, we're just having our weekly meeting and we've been recording for season two already. And we felt the spirit has moved through many members of this group. And just, we want to show up and speak truth today, speak reality today. Let you see behind the curtain a little bit about what it's like for each of us to follow Christ and to do his will and seek him in the struggle and everything else going on. So this is going to be interesting. It's going to be a little less formal, a little more real, which is, I think, exactly what it, where we want to be and what it should be. So who wants to start out with this? Anyone have any thoughts right out the gate? I'd like to start with the scripture. Um, this scripture was on my heart yesterday and I just kept repeating it throughout the day and it was John 16 33 and it reads I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace you will have suffering in this world and I just kept saying that I will have suffering in this world but in me you will have peace and I wrote in my notes grace and peace together because I feel like those go hand in hand I have to allow grace to come with peace not everything is going to be perfect. Not everything is going to be a Hallmark movie. <laughs> Not everything is going to be the way I expect it to be. But with good intention, I can show up knowing God is with me and doing this hard walk together. And I'm starting to get emotional over here <laughs> only because I've seen the attack in my friends. And you guys are my friends in this group. And I've seen the attack in my family and everywhere I look. And I just keep this verse close because it's hard and we have to check in with one another. And this is what I'm doing here. I'm checking in with all of you. So what's on your hearts and how can we help each other? How can we lean on each other instead of pushing each other away? Because we can do that too. Okay. So when you brought up the Hallmark movie, it made me kind of giggle because this is the time of the month or the time of the year, I should say, of where I watch a lot of those type of movies, right? right? And yeah, sometimes we have unreal expectations about our life and what it should look like, right? And that's where the disappointment comes in. Right. But as you were talking, I realized that, okay, so why do we watch these movies? We watch these movies because we know that there's going to be a happy ending. 
right? Like we know everything's going to work out. It's all going to be hunky-dory. <laughs> We're all smiling. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. But when, and some people will say is, we, because of Jesus, though, we can still have that same mentality, like that same thought with our own lives. And so it, our lives aren't going to work themselves out in an hour and a half to two hours, whatever, how long it takes to watch one of those movies. And it, boom, there's a happy ending. But in all actuality, when you sit and think about it, we can still have the attitude and live our life knowing that our lives are going to work out if we follow Christ. If we hold on to that faith, we can live every single day knowing that things are going to work out. It may not work out the way that we want it to. It may take time and it will take time because you're right. Like Jesus tells us in the scriptures multiple times that the followers of Jesus, they don't like there's just trials that come with being a disciple of Christ. We're going to have opposition, but at the same time, we can live our life knowing that when everything is said and done, it's going to be okay. And that's, that's where our peace comes in. Yeah. I think anyways. That's one of the things I love about God the most is that promise that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Romans eight twenty eight. I don't really remember where a lot of scriptures are, but that one it sticks in my head. But when you're talking about peace, Giselle, I used to think about peace as this emotion, as this sense of, that's just nice, everything. But peace actually doesn't mean, it's not just a feeling. It's about things coming together. It's about wholeness. And God loves us too much to leave us with this misperception of who we are. And he wants to, and this is what I'm finding, he is allowing me and everything that I believed and thought made me me, made me worthwhile. He's allowing it to die. He's allowing it to fall apart so he can put it back together. Right. And that is peace. Peace doesn't always feel good. This last couple years have been the hardest years of my entire life. More grieving, more personal pain and losses. Yet, it's been through this journey that I've come to know him so much more and come to really hear and understand what he's been trying to say to me all this time. Andrew, be still. Don't rush. Take your time. I'm with you. I've got you. And I would hear him. And then I would run on and do whatever I thought I needed to do to fix my life, to get me where I wanted. And he's just like, oh, brother, you still don't get it. You still don't get it. And after all these things, now I'm fine to say, oh, I get it. You are, you're here with me. You are for me. And if God be for me, then it doesn't matter who else is against me. Like it really, really doesn't matter. So I'm no longer in a rush. There is a fullness of times that God has for each of us, that he's going to bring some wonderful things to pass. And there is absolutely no need to rush. So that's where I'm at. That's what I'm learning. So yes, it's still painful. Yes, it's still hard. But humbly being able to say, yeah, I can own this. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying now, God. I get it. I get it. So yeah. right now we're in a place with this group that we've done the work to get here. For me, it's been about three years that I really have studied the Bible. But if you would have met me in 2020, I would have had a face that's pretend. 
and I'm being real right now. Like I'd be like, I'm fine. My kids are great and they're alive. We made it through the day. They're fed. We good. And you wouldn't see the girl that was hurting behind that. You wouldn't see the girl that was over her. Oh, I was whatever that saying is over my head. I'm terrible at sayings, by the way, if you haven't noticed this morning. <laughs> but I was doing the laundry. I was doing the dinner. I was, I was, I was, and the list goes on. And it took something to shake me to get me where I'm at now. What about our listeners that are in that struggle? What would you say to them, whether it's a reflection on if you guys look back when you before you were fully immersed in God? And this is coming from this morning's journal. God put something in me that said, rip off that Band-Aid, start being real. Start telling the truth, tell them. And I, I'm just getting the chills, but I'm sick right now if you can't hear my voice because God is doing something. And I want to ask you guys, what would you tell that person that's hurting right now? Because they don't have the bills to pay for Christmas. They don't know if they're going to get their kids Christmas gifts. Or what would you tell the person that is tired of doing laundry and the housework and the dad that is carrying the weight of the family's protection? What would you say to someone like that that does, might not have the word? Like, we are so quick to go to the word. Yeah. So what would you give that person? So here's the deal. We kind of talked about Hallmark movies. One of the reasons that we love those is because we can predict them because we know even the hard stuff. So we can predict the good ending. We all know that. But we can even predict, oh, the mom's going to come out and say you're adopted. (laughs) (laughs) We knew each other in high school. How did you lie to me this whole time? We we can see the plot thing, the conflict coming. And we know that. And so then makes it easy for us to consume. But real life isn't like that. Real life, you get thrown something sideways and upside down and you feel like you're in this whirlwind or this hurricane. My kids and I used to sing in the eye of a hurricane. It's all like, but it's because, and he goes, I think I'm I'm in the eye of a hurricane because it's still in the eye of the hurricane. A cheesy song, but it always brought me peace. Like there can be stillness in this crazy. And I can tell you our Christmas doesn't look the same as it's been in past, but I have not talked to a single piano student I teach or a person that I work with and strong and capable who's not said the same thing. People are hurting. People are struggling. And for me, this is the first year where the struggle is here, but I'm more still in the eye of it, I'm more at peace. And it's because of all the stuff we've had to go through with this attack, as you called it, Giselle. And for the first time, it's a full surrender. It was two months ago, kneeling at my couch and saying, God, I am not enough. Yeah, I'm not enough. And I have tried everything and done everything and given everything. I've made myself physically sick. I have done all I know how to do. And it was not enough. And I think we want to control things so bad. We don't want to give it to God. But it is not until the full surrender. So if you don't know how to start with the scriptures, you've got to start with the thing that's actually going to make those scriptures impact you completely, the full surrender. And that is hard. It takes courage. It takes bravery. It was the strongest thing I've ever done other than let go of my sister was surrender myself to God. And maybe I could say that still the hardest thing I've ever done. Hey, Liz, what did I text you this weekend? The song. Ooh, that's that song. The Let song, I really Surrender. Quickly. I yes. texted to Liz. I could see my friend was hurting. We were on a video chat and I saw her 
in a different light this weekend. And I, when we got off that video chat, I said, hey, Liz, I didn't say anything else. This is the song that helped me. And that's all I said. And I text her a YouTube link of the I Surrender worship song. And I don't know the exact title. It's called and I Surrender. That's it's exactly called... what it is. Is yes. I had to, at the end of 2020, just say, I sang that song and just cried and poured it out and just left it out there. And then I was like, "Am now I have to pick myself up and go figure this out. And that's when you do dive into the Bible. I love it's that. In, it's interesting that Josiah, you said, then now I have to pick myself up. Because for me, I, when I was like flat on the ground bawling, I was like, all right, Lord, I don't even know how to pick up myself at this point. Yeah, see, there's different. Show me how to stand up. Show me how to breathe. Show me how to think. Show me how to do everything. Like I said, I wasn't enough. So show me how so that I don't do this to myself again, to my family. Show me. So I think that's the surrenders when you're ready to say, show me. And for you, it was like, I will go to the scriptures and he will teach me his word. Mm -hmm. For me personally, I have to go in the scriptures. And so going back to Giselle's questions, like what do we, like what can we share with the people that are in the same place in that like hopelessness, feeling the hopelessness of all the things, right? And honestly, and I know this just sounds so cliche or whatever, maybe it sounds too easy, but learn how to read your scriptures, like whatever makes sense to you. Find a way to connect with the word of God, because that is honestly has been a huge help in my life and learn how to, and going back to what you're saying, learn how you surrender to God. Like, what does that look like for you? We talk about surrendering to God, but what does that actually look like and feel like for you personally, because it's going to be different for everybody. And so I don't think that we can necessarily give you a direct answer or a, like a, this is the answer to all your problem. Like that's not how life works, right? I think it's a matter of searching and seeking how you connect with God. How do you listen to him? And going back to the topic of so many people are struggling this Christmas. We really are just know that you're not alone. My husband and I have had multiple conversations of what are we going to do for Christmas? We only have so much. What are we going to, like, how can we make this Christmas more special? Like, that's when you have to learn how to pause because the answer, like, God will give you the answer, but sometimes we just have to pause and think and ponder. And for me, it comes at times when I'm just sitting there. And the thought will come into my mind saying, give your kids your time this, this Christmas. Give them your time. Try to just have fun with them in your home with, you know, with one another. Play the game. Because that's not what I'm naturally inclined to. Like, I've never been a really good, like, I have five kids. And I've never been good about the, being the parent that sits down and does a craft with your kids or does... Like when I puzzle, the puzzle's mine. Like no one touched my puzzle. So like I get very protective over my puzzles, right? Things like that. And I just feel the spirit telling me that's got to change this Christmas. You've got to get over yourself and realize that there's so much more to life. And today, actually, the last three days, I have been, when I've been reading my scriptures, I've come across scriptures like in Matthew, I think it's chapter, is it chapter five or six? When Jesus talks about, like, don't worry about it, I've got it. Like he talks about the lilies in the field and look how they grow and I've got them. If I'm going to help the lilies in the field grow, don't you think I know what you need? Don't you think, I, don't you think that I'm going to help you out and you're going to get through this? And I hold on to those scriptures with all my heart. That is where I have to anchor my faith. 
that's where I have to anchor my belief is in scriptures like that, where Jesus flat out says, I know what you need. Do what I ask. Where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. So where do you like, like, why do we want to provide our kids with all these gifts? Why do we want to provide our kids with that, this quote unquote perfect Christmas? Because we love our kids. We want to provide for them. We want them to feel joy. And I just feel like Jesus this year to me personally is saying, stop looking to the world to fulfill your kids' joy. You have to learn this lesson that joy doesn't come from the world. It never has. These things are nice. My kids love playing these things. I love giving gifts. But we love giving gifts not because of that thing. It's because of, of it's a way that we show our love for them. And so maybe this year is a good year to step back and really think and know. I guess it's a good year to step back and realize what will truly bring them peace and joy this year. And when we give our kids gifts, though, is that joy or happy? Because there's a difference. I think it's just the action. It's not the thing. Like it's not. I think sometimes we have to, we try to give the biggest, best gift possible because we think that's going to give them a greater joy. And it's not. It's false. I think it's just the action of, oh, you're thinking of me. Like when someone gives me a gift, I don't care what it is because the joy has come and that peace has come, not from the gift itself, it's from the fact that somebody was thinking of me. And I think that our kids, we have to trust our kids are going to act the same way. And that's what it's all about. We have to trust them to know that we love them. And we don't have to show our love through the best, biggest gift possible. And we have to trust that process. And it's really hard. That process is my journey. My journey started eight years ago, diving into the scriptures because I had nowhere else to go. And we talked about that in a past episode. But also eight years ago, I was making double digit six figures. And in a marriage, that was not good. But I was able to buy my kids whatever I wanted. But there was no joy and happiness. And you probably didn't see a smile on my face. So this year, there's probably negative money in my bank account. I haven't worked since May. I've I remarried about four months ago. And if you'd asked me eight years ago, if there's no way I could have predicted eight years ago that I would be remarried. There's no way to know when you look ahead what the path is. You really, even if you think we're going, it's really not going to look anything like you expect it to look. Because I thought that I was doing everything that I needed to do back then, not realizing that I was not allowing Jesus to do any work in my life. And so now I don't even know how we're going to make it through the week. And it's been that way for months. <laughs> like every week, I have no idea how we're going to make it through the week, but we continue to make it through the week. I'm in a season where I am being continuously called to look to him. And I know that in the past I'd prayed to make me a vessel and help me lead by example and help me help others see you. And I know that he's working on me in this season. I know that it, things are going to change. And so I just keep pressing forward and looking to him and reading my scriptures and knowing that everything is going to be okay, even though I don't know how. Because when I lost my mom when I was 18, I didn't know how I was going to make it through that season. And I didn't know how I was going to make it through seasons of past jobs and moments in my marriage, my prior marriage. But right this second, even though the last two weeks have been pretty dark and Right the second, I'm probably happier than I've been in 30 years, and I have nothing. Mm. Yeah, that's First Kings 17, 
that is where I am at. Tanya, I feel you. You know, where Elijah, after telling Ahab it's not going to rain, he goes to the brook of Cherith and he's drinking from the brook. The brook dries up and God sends him to Zarephath where he says, I'm going to let this widow feed you, this woman feed you. And that is the kind of miracle I'm experiencing too, where it doesn't look like there's enough. It doesn't look like there's enough. Every day she went to that cupboard and looked in for the flour and the oil and it didn't overflow like the kind of abundance we want to anticipate as believers. No, it looked like there was not enough. Yet God's word says it will not run out. And essentially he's saying, I am enough for you. I am all you need. And until you understand that, you are always going to be looking to someone or something else to meet your need. And it's never going to be enough. So in, in a strange, weird way, I'm learning to see that even when it doesn't look like it's enough, I get to trust what he said to me. And I'm learning to switch that dial in my head and in my heart to be worried about, okay, it doesn't look like enough to say it doesn't look like enough, but God is faithful. So how are you going to do it today, God? Okay. <laughs> all right. You know, it's not, it's not easy, but it is, it is better. It's mm -hmm. not easy, but it is better. Knowing him more is the whole purpose is the whole reason. So I appreciate you sharing that. And I, that's where I'm at too. And it's, I'm not working. I am showing up every day. I'm, I have learned over the journey of the last several years and a piece of advice I would give to the listeners and advice I give to my kids is even if you have nowhere to go, nowhere to be, no one to talk to, nothing in the bank, get up and get dressed anyway. Feed and water yourself. Take care of yourself and show up and he will show up for you. A couple of weeks ago when I shared with this group when we were recording a podcast that I was struggling. Um, of course, Giselle, the supporter that she has left me a message on Marco Polo. And I didn't, I intentionally didn't listen to it because it goes back to the watching the movies thing. I knew what the outcome would be. I knew she would make me cry, right? I knew that if I watched her Marco Polo, that I would be in tears and I wasn't going to look at it today. So it was two or three days before I looked at it. The moment that I listened to it was the moment that I needed to hear it. So you just keep showing up and he shows up for you. And thank you, Giselle. And that was not me because God was nudging <laughs> strongly that day. And I kept walking away from my phone. I was like, she's good. She's good. And then I just was like, no, I'm listening, God. Here we go. <laughs> and I don't say it in a bad way. I say it in a way like sometimes you have to walk in that obedience. Sometimes you don't want to step on toes. So it's not that I didn't want to reach out to my friend. It's that I didn't want to make her feel worse. Because sometimes being a supporter, you have to watch what everyone is doing. And like I said, God this morning said, no more. You're not watching and you're not worrying, you're doing. And mm -hmm. so instead of watching everyone's feelings like I normally do, I've been showing up for him and saying, okay, what's next? And mm -hmm. then I do that thing. And I only that morning I did that thing because I knew it wasn't for me, it was for you. Yeah, thank you. And as part of that too, what you just mentioned is I've learned in this journey that I'm not responsible for how others people re respond or react to the things yeah. that I say or do. And if I'm, God has called me to say something, and if I really, truly want to be a vessel, then I'm just going to say whatever he puts on my heart that just comes out of my mouth, which is why 
you're hearing us just speak freely here now because we're not hesitating. We're just telling you what's on our mind. And I think that letting go the responsibility of how other people respond to react. um, And I did have those moments of Giselle's going to think that I'm ignoring her. Giselle's going to think that I don't like her because I'm not checking her message. But I didn't want to feel the feelings that I knew that were going to come with the message that you sent. You just, for me, the opposite is happening even though Dr. Drew and I, we're in the same space right now in this season of we don't know where things are coming from. I'm not being asked to be still and haven't been asked to be still by God in the last year. I've been asked to move. But I've been in a season for 30 years of just going through the motions that now that I'm being asked to move on things he's asking me to do, I'm like, oh, no, I'll just wait another day or two. Do I have to do that right now? And so I'm really like, I'm glad you brought up this conversation and and you provoked us having this vulnerable, let's just talk about it thing, because that's where I'm at right now. God is just asking me to say whatever comes out of my mouth. And that's scary, right? Because you don't know who's listening and how people are going to receive it. And you don't know what the next step is and the content that he's asking me to create and post and the people that he's asking me to talk to. I don't know where that's going. I don't know what the next step is. And so stepping out when you don't know what the next step is, is scary. So that's where I'm at right now. Scary? It's scary. But the coolest part is by their fruits, you shall know them. And so when we finally do the thing, and all of us, I think, are in very much in that similar journey as far as like, okay, God, we will do the thing. And then sometimes like Tanya said, maybe does it have to be that thing? Are you sure that's the thing today? Because... I don't know about that one. Yeah. When you finally do the thing, the measure of peace comes because we talk a lot. Drew was talking about feeling lost and like you're always looking for the next thing and what is the thing that at the end of the day, that comes down to identity and how you identify. So until you identify as his wholly and completely, you will always be searching, always be searching. And I think that's what we're talking about is the journey of becoming his and that it isn't easy and it's not pretty and it and you have to face yourself and understand when he's asking you to do things oh there's a piece of me here that is a little feisty or stubborn or whatever Mm -hmm. and and working through that with him the coolest part of that is i'm currently in a stage so i've been crying all year to everybody like this whole room has watched me cry again and again it's been hard it has been so, 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 so hard this year. Uh, everything that could mess up could has just I, anything I was holding on to. The Lord was like, oh, that's so cute. Snip. And all of it. I remember even one day just crying in my office and then leaving to go run an errand to get the kids, take the kids to school. And as I'm walking out, one of my sprinklers ruptured like in front of me. And I'm like, of course, right? That's life. Right? No. Yet. I am at more peace than I've ever been because when he says move, I'm not questioning right now. That doesn't mean in a week or two I won't or there will be a day, a down day where there's a struggle. But right now, for the most part, about, well, I'll say 90% of the time, when the Lord says move, I'm moving. And so there is so, so much peace. Things that I should be scared of that don't even make sense on paper, I'm like, I'm doing it gleefully only because I know it's his and I am his. And because I've claimed that full surrender, burn the ships. Now there's peace. Now there's peace. Nothing in life has changed. Absolutely nothing. All the logistics are there and 
probably worse. You said burn the ships. And I just have to say, I, I, there are a lot of cliches that you grew up with. Burning bridges was one of them. Like, don't burn that bridge. Don't burn that bridge. Mm-hmm. You know what? Burn the bridges. Yeah. God tells you to burn the bridge. Burn the bridge. He's going to yeah. give you a boat. That's something okay. that I've learned in my last several years is if you've been asked to walk away from something and you've been asked to burn it, let it go. And that's hard, too, during this holiday season when you see other people sharing their joy or faking their joy. It's hard to be joyful in those moments where you're burning bridges and letting things go and you feel like you have nothing. But what I've looked forward to, as Coach Drew said earlier, I look forward to the miracle that's going to come out of this because I've been through so many seasons of him providing things that I was never expecting that I know something's coming out of this. So I look forward to that. Well, and here's the thing about burning the ships and the reason. So the in the world, there's this idea of give them the middle finger, cut them off. No, the Lord is about peace, joy, light. So what I've learned and actually had a conversation with one of my siblings about this just this morning is that I don't have energy to entertain it all. I don't. So if I am going to be about God's work, if I'm going to be as much as I know how in with him and doing his thing and raising my children and reading the scriptures and producing, having these conversations. And and that means the negative, the hurt, the lying, the keeping up with somebody. I don't have time for that. I cannot do both. You can't eat healthy food and junk food. It, like you can't, you can't and, and have a healthy body. You've got to make choices. And so it comes to a season where you got to choose light. You have to choose hope. You have to choose goodness. You have to choose truth. And everything else has to go away. But the, this is the confusing part. That This is going to confuse some people, right? This is the confusing part. How do you choose joy and light and those things and cut people off, right? Because that feels bad. How do you not go to the family event? Or how do you not show up with gifts or whatever? Because those don't feel joyful and light and but you're choosing joy and light and God and Jesus because you're in that moment where if you accept where you're at, that trusting that he's got you in this place where those people need to be removed, you have to trust that, even if it doesn't feel joyful. Yeah, this is a Mary, classic Mary and Martha situation. Classic Mary and Martha, where she's at the feet of Jesus and one's running around, right? And this is, you have to, the only way you know when and how to do these things is in being constant communication with him. What does that look like? Prayer. That looks like scripture study. That looks like intense and purposeful meditation or journaling a lot. I know a lot of people in this room journal constantly because that is how they hear God in their life and his direction. So understanding when he says go and when he says don't, because there are some relationships you're like, I'd like to cut this one out. And he's like, oh no, actually no. This person, there's something about this relationship that you need to learn from, or you're going to be part of their journey. So it's not a cut out everyone. It's God, show me the way. And so when you don't show up, there's that peace because he told you, it's, yeah, stay back for your health. Stay back. And it's also focusing on the good versus the bad all the time. So like if it's a sibling or if it's a family member, someone that's it's more difficult to cut out. What I've had to do is see, okay, what is something good they've done? What if? What if they were not hurting? Who would they be? What if? And seeing them like a child of God has helped me move past those feelings of hurt, resentment, 
And it's cutting out, again, that noise, just realizing. And I do that through constant prayer. Like if I see someone's phone um, contact by calling me and I don't know how I'm going to respond to it, I literally say a prayer before I pick it up. And I'm not praying where I missed their call. That's not what we're saying. I'm pr- it's a quick prayer. God, be with me. Boom, done. It's a God, help me listen. Help me use your words, not mine. And that's how I answer a phone call. If it's a person that's constantly calling to complain or if I'm going to someone's house and I'm going to have dinner with them, God, just may you be positive. Actually, this is a funny story. I asked a friend to lunch on Friday and she was like, oh, but I'm meeting with this person. And that person is very negative. And I was like, and I was ready to make up every lie in the book why I can't come in. And I was like ready. I was like, you know what? I'm going to say I don't feel good, which was half truth. And then I was like, and I'm going to say this. And I kept hearing God laugh. Like He was like, no, you're not. And all of a sudden, I'm at that dinner table. Three hours later, we left exchanging numbers with that other person. And that person was just hurt. What I didn't allow was negative talk. So anytime they were complaining, Instead of joining the complaint, I reversed it and was like, why do you think they feel that way? And just ask questions. I didn't give them my experience. I never shared about my family. I never shared, like, sometimes even when people complain about husbands, we oftentimes will like, oh, well, my husband does this too. He leaves his clothes there. And whatever the it be, instead of join that complaint, reverse it. Ooh, why do you think he did that? Do you think he had a lot going on today? And just asking questions changes the conversation. So I'm not giving them my experiences. I'm not trauma dumping on them either. I'm reversing it and saying, oh, but what if? And that kind of just changed that whole experience for me. And now I see this person in a whole new light. And I'm so excited to build a a different type of relationship there. And I just want to say, this is so fun. I always think when someone like that, like you're talking about the situation, so much of the hurt in the world comes from abuse or mental health. And so I often think about the resurrection and I just try and picture that person when they are completely whole and restored. And I think, who will they be? And it gets me excited for them. It gets me so excited. And I think that's because I did grow up with a disabled sister. So I believe that she will be fully restored and have all the abilities in the world after the resurrection. And so that helped me start to see people like, oh my gosh, they're hurting now. So when they're full of light and wholeness, who will they be? I can't wait. I can't wait to get to know that person. I love that thought. And also I was listening to you guys speak and I personally have experiences with dealing with how do we navigate a relationship with a close friend or a family member that you don't want to burn a bridge with necessarily, but at the same time, they live a life that you're not comfortable with or you, that will bring you down. And something that I prayed a lot about and the answer that I seem to get time and time again is what are my intentions? Where's my heart at when I am maybe not wanting to be as close with them? Is it because I want to, like, I've, if I have anger in my heart or if I have like, oh, I'm going to get them back. They hurt me and I'm going to hurt them back. I'm going to show them who, like, who's boss or whatnot. And if I have those feelings and that doesn't come from God, the, that those feelings of revenge and the feelings of, because what you're doing is you're taking that hurt that they gave you and then acting on that hurt. But we don't have to. That's when we get to turn to our Savior and say, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, 
please heal my heart. And if we can say that and we have an open heart, it doesn't mean that you have to sit and take the abuse from that person. It doesn't mean that you have to put yourself in situations where they get to attack you because of your faith, let's say, or whatever the case may be. But if they were to come to you humbly, and not even humbly, but if they were just to come to you and say, hey, I would like to have a relationship with you. I want to respect you. What can we do? Then you have to make sure your heart's open to that because that's one way you can heal yourself is by healing the bridge with that person, right? And so it's just a matter of turning to your savior and asking your heart to be healed and to be at peace. That way you don't have to stress out or have an anxiety, have anxiety over their actions because you'll never control them. You're not meant to. You're never going to be able to change the way. It's not us. It actually changes people's hearts and minds. That's not us. It's the, the Savior working through us. But first, in order for the Savior to work through us, he has to heal us first. And so as we turn to our Savior to be healed, we're going to know in those situations what to do and what to say and to be like, you know what? I have kids. And I am trying to teach them a certain thing. And I just don't appreciate what's coming out of your mouth. I don't appreciate what's being said. When you have every right to protect your family, but you don't have to react and hate back towards them. I'm so glad you said that because during the Christmas season, <laughs> I love all the memes that are like, my anxiety just got a sprinkle of glitter on it now. Now it's my fancy anxiety. Like, right? just like my Christmas anxiety. <laughs> So, because that's uh, the holidays are so glittery. And of course, I love glitter, but we're all facing family situations even more during the Christmas season than any other time of the year. And so, navigating that is hard and can be. So, I love, love what you just said, Liz. And, and I just want to acknowledge along all that if you're listening at all, it's not easy. It's not easy to navigate. So, we, I think this conversation so much was acknowledging the struggle, acknowledging the hard. And that it is daily, it is constant, it is deeply personal, it is very real. As we wrap up, does anyone else have anything they'd like to add to this conversation? Well, you know, I was, I was wanting to share a little bit from my entry this morning. Mm, there uh, we go. You guys, yeah, you know, that's, I, a, great, that's a great way. That's a great way yeah. to sum this all up. <laughs> I and love it. Things. You know, and I, I think y'all might be able to relate. I want it to be easy and automatic. <laughs> And God says, Andrew, there will be moments of ease and challenge. This is a part of life, but I am with you through it all. And then I ask, why am I feeling so tired? Well, because you're trying too hard to do it on your own. Anticipate my help and you will find joy in it. Anxiety is a picture of the future that's negative, and we can change that by anticipating God's help. It doesn't matter what the situation is, doesn't matter who you're going to see, doesn't matter what you have in the cupboard, in the, in the wallet, in the account. God is with you, and he's going to help you. That's his promise, and we get to accept it as true. Repeat it, declare it, say it, drink it in, and anticipate it. And I think we'll find joy in it. I believe his word to be true. We'll find joy in it. So yeah, there's joy in this season because he's here. Love it. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And for those listening, I hope this was helpful to you. We all hope that our prayer is to bring Jesus into the world to help show how we're all connected in Christ. Not a single one of us have the same background. 
or same belief system that we grew up in or any of the things. And yet you will see the same struggles, the same hurts, the same triumphs. And why? Because Christ, because that is the journey of following Christ, because that is the victory, as you just said, Drew, of following Christ. That is the joy that comes with it. The hurt and the joy, the struggle is real. And we are so much more alike and different in this when we follow him. So thank you for listening. Thank you. This is a wrap on season one. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And may this season you find a deeper connection to your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And may the Lord be with you until we meet again.